Scott. And I'm Seth. And we're due for 9 to 20 inches over the next six days. Of snow. If we can stay awake long enough to oh uh, see the snow coming. Oh, it's hitting me this week. Like just the time change and we got snow on the ground. It's kind of going right now. But that, but that makes it real, though. Like, that first yeah. time, you're like, ah, oh, snow. I know. And it gets dark at, like, 5.30 right now. It's going to get worse. Oh, I hate even, this even here, we were riding dirt bikes this weekend, and I looked at the sun in the sky, and I'm like, it must be, like, 5. And I checked my watch, and it was, like, one fifteen. That was terrible. <laughs> this makes me want to sleep. Just hibernate. Can I hibernate? It's like basically eat mass amounts of food and not move for like four months. You can, but uh, you need to you need to have a job like a bear or a turtle or something that hibernates, which is so like basic paid survival. Yeah. yeah, something. And you have to put in the work beforehand. You can't hibernate until you get fat. I mean, otherwise you'll otherwise you'll I, die. I got a good jump start that. On that over this weekend. All right. Uh, Becky, Becky and I uh, spent the weekend with my mom in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And is a lot of food was eaten. Um, I didn't really, I never really thought of Kitty Hawk as like a culinary destination. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's <laughs> not. Um, but I mean, you can still eat there. There's this uh, donut place minutes down the road called duck donuts um and they make like homemade donuts right there in front of you and i ate maple bacon donuts again which is delightful i think you've talked about this before i have like i think yeah yeah you're so into this that you bring it up every time it happens yeah well i haven't had one in quite a long time and i was surprised that they had it and so i had it once on Saturday morning and once Sunday morning before we left. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. And another one, but that was a different flavor. So I just had uh, pulled pork for my birthday dinner last night and it was outstanding. And so I had it again tonight. So I had Thai food led last night. That's Becky's fast food of choice is Thai food. Yeah, it's. I always feel like if I'm going to get like a, a, a food that I get going out somewhere, it should be something that I don't cook at home or it's like a major pain to cook at home. Yeah, I, um, I hate like getting burgers, like sitting down and eating a good burger somewhere. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I can do that at home. That's like a thing that I do. I'm a normal like middle class white person who has burger ingredients in their house. Like... I want to get something where it's got like 38 spices that I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of stopped ordering steak when I go out unless it's like a steakhouse or like something that like that's what they do. Yeah. But I don't know. Steak. It's always the expectation for steak. is always so high. If it isn't just an immaculate 
cooked and piece of steak, it's just not worth it for me to yeah. pay like 40 or however, however much they want to overcharge you for this stuff. It's like, I can do that at home. Like I cook a mean steak and you're, I agree. you're not going to impress me for the amount of money that I'm going to pay you. Yeah. It just makes me feel bad. Yeah, exactly. I like getting seafood when I go out. It makes me feel fancy. So once I learned to fry shrimp, like actually I put some effort into learning to make a good battered fried shrimp, I have no desire to order it when I go out. That's fair. Demystified it. Fun fact. um, They may still do it. Red Lobster used to do the all-you-can-eat shrimp thing. Oh, my God. Talk about waddling out to the car. Holy crap. Yeah, so one night... um, I think in undergrad, I forget when, but I decided to see how many shrimp I could eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and how um, you do? Well, and this is with a couple Cheddar Bay biscuits because you can't. Obviously, yeah, you're not going to not eat those. No, you had to put at least two down. So at least two Cheddar Bay biscuits. I ate seventy-two shrimp, and. Um, I st- That's super impressive. And I stopped because I wanted to still like shrimp after that <laughs> night. And I knew if I ordered another round, it wasn't going to end well. <laughs> I called it. Uh, That's when I was younger and my metabolism worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Good old days. Yeah. So tonight we actually have a topic, which if we're being totally honest... Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been. Well, we've had so many other things to do. Is is my excuse? So, yeah. it's like we've, it's, had, we've had guests and race recaps and yeah. I don't even think we ever recapped my season. Like we just blew right over that. So yeah, sure. We need to do that. Yeah, whatever. It's just motorcycles. It's fine. <laughs> See, you do this. You don't mean that. We'll uh, well, we're having a guest next week, and then we'll uh. We'll talk about tiny motorcycles. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about things. Um, I want to talk. Full disclosure: about you you told me what the topic was going to be last week after the last show, and yep. and twenty minutes after the show, I had completely forgotten what you said, yes. and so I haven't looked it up, and so I have no idea what we're talking about. And you definitely didn't reach out ahead of time to ask, "Hey, what was that thing I was supposed to look at?" No. No. I just didn't. I've got other. I've got other things going on, Scott. You were supposed to be in the driver's seat here. Like you, I am. you I, don't. I did my work. Okay. Did my part. Well, go, go. <laughs> well, I want to talk about why I think disagreement and conflict are two different things. First okay. Of all. But in order to get to that, um, we're going to talk a, briefly about naive realism. Naive realism. Naive realism. Yes. And this is something that everybody does, whether we, it doesn't matter how self-aware, how, how much we think we know ourselves, like we all exhibit naive realism from time to time. Seth, naive realism is essentially like, it's a naive belief that the 
things that we believe, our perceptions, our thoughts on reality and on how things are and how they should be are accurate. So it's our okay. naive yeah, but- naive belief that our perceptions, beliefs, thoughts on reality, how things are are realistic and accurate. Okay, but whether we're naive with that or realistic with that, we still have to go based off our own beliefs and beliefs and senses. So, yeah. but the naive part is the important part because if okay. it's just realism, then it's like, oh yeah, this is how things are. But then from the outside perspective, we know that's naive because that's not really how things are. It's not how things should be. So the naive part is that we don't know that we're wrong? Yeah. Or it's not the whole picture. Okay, or... so we think we've got it figured out. Yes, like... yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. We think we think we know more than we do. Um, whether that's you know the accuracy of any one thing or just like getting the entire picture of like everything all at once and where where the whole disagreement and conflicts thing comes in is our naive realism like there's no two that are alike so you've got your naive beliefs about tiny motorcycles and I've got my naive well actually my realistic beliefs about tiny motorcycles and those two those two views and thoughts on the whole thing are not the same no but but they can both be correct maybe I mean if you're talking about the whole (laughs) elephant um, I don't, I don't know what you call it story, whatever. Um, there's the the Hindu story of the uh the four blind people describing an elephant. Yeah, describe this elephant. Well, it's it's a tree because he's you know holding the the leg. He's like, yeah, this is like a massive tree. Other one holding the the trunk is like, nope, it's a snake. Um. You know, one touching the ear is like, nope, this is a, a, a giant leaf. You know, feels like a big floppy palm or something. And the other's holding the tail and like, no, it's it's brush. Well, they're all not wrong. They but, just don't have the complete picture. But they aren't right either. So, so is that in in the naive realism simply yeah. that we don't have th- our our naivety is that we don't have the entire picture, or that we're not capable of having the entire picture? I certainly don't think we're capable of it. Okay. No, nor do I think we really should, to be honest. But that's probably down the the stream. And well, out, no, I would agree with you there, ways. but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not only the the full picture, but even like in one particular detail, um, I don't think we. It's not only the the full picture, like the the breadth of any particular topic, but it's also the specifics of any 
belief or thought that we have about any particular thing. We're being so vague here. You're going to have to like anchor this to something like, well, I mean, this is a race car podcast kind of like anchor it to understeer or something like masquerades as a racing podcast. Right. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about, let's say, yeah, let's say understeer. Okay. How would you describe the sensation of understeer? Uh, the, the car refusing to turn based on my steering inputs. Okay. Front of the car refusing to turn base. I'll just like keep defining it and finding it and finding it. But yeah, front of the car, um, not, uh, turning, uh, due to steering inputs. Yep. And how else, you know, devil's advocate, the other ways we can describe it is the steering wheel gets really light and just doesn't do anything. Right. Um, car doesn't want to rotate, which could also be used to, to talk about oversteer or lack of oversteer anyway. But yeah, car doesn't want to rotate at all. Um, car won't turn. Um, Too much slip angle in the front tires. Sure. And all, all these different ways, t- describing the same thing. And, you know, like we've talked about in other podcasts, like, oddly enough, the car may not be what's the problem is. It could be how we're releasing the brake pedal. It could be simply the speed at which we're trying to do something dumb. <laughs> we, right. We could just be doing... 80 when we really need to be doing 65. Um, the back end might just have um, too much grip. And the, the yeah. front end, like balance-wise, the, the back end is actually the problem, not the front end. But what we're experiencing is understeer. But regardless... The track might just be slippery. Yeah, that's right. You might be driving on ice. Right. Um, so na- na- back to naive realism. So it's naive belief that our beliefs are what they are. So so we come into a corner and the car is understeering and we believe we know what the car is doing based on our inputs and we immediately know like why it's doing that and what we need to do to fix it. Right. Until what until we try something and start actually like getting feedback from the car from data from somebody who is watching outside of us um from video afterwards from something else but the the naive realism is like what comes from us like our our thoughts and our views on something that's actually happening is it is it also partially a like I've collected this data and I'm sure that the next time I will know what to do regardless of whether or not I've identified the problem correctly like like I know how to not do this next time Oh I yeah for sure I would I would think so you know it's it's the whole driver confidence issue <laughs> It's like right. oh yeah 
I, I definitely know what's going to happen or what I need to do next time. And next time you do that and it may not, it may, it may not work or it may work for right. a little while and then it stops working. Um, it may work at one track and not another. Right. Exactly. Not saying you've, you've had that issue, but I mean, definitely maybe. not. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely haven't had any problems that have surfaced. Due to any one particular thing. Um, so, okay, so the whole disagreement and conflict aspect of this comes into, um, so you think the car's under-searing, and maybe I think that um, it's, a, it's a vision problem, or it's an uh, awareness break problem, or it's something else. It's not understeered. The car, The car is not the problem, Seth. You're the problem. Okay. I don't think so. I think it's purely a car problem. You set it up terribly. Fair, but wrong. So disagreement is exactly <laughs> what we're having right now. It's an essentially like, and, and I think this is, I, to take a step back, a lot of people hate conflict. And I think a lot of people, a lot more people than you'd want to admit it. Like, a lot of people like to, like, get others riled up and whatnot, but, like, true conflict is hard. Yeah. So, but I want to distinguish conflict from disagreement. So, disagreement is what you and I just had. You're like, nope, it's the way the car is set up. You're an idiot. And I'm like, well, that's cool. That's it's just, like, your belief, man. And I'm like, no, it's actually the driver, not the car. But you can go do whatever you want to do. So essentially disagreement is like, well, I think this, you think that. Cool. Let's just keep going or go our own ways. Or it's your car. You can do what you want to with it, right? Um, even like coaching client relationships can go this way too. If uh, enough faith in the coach isn't given by the client, like if the coach says, Hey, I think X and Y, maybe next time try this, and the client doesn't do it, it's like, Well, not much is going to get done <laughs> if, if we're just in disagreement. If we kind of, it's a, it's a go your own way sort of attitude. That makes sense. And this is in the paddock and certainly in GLTC. And I, this tends to be more the mode that I hear most people talking on is it's not really it. I find this to be a little more surface level, um, not necessarily fully listening or understanding the other side, but just, well, that's just like what you think. And I think you're wrong. I think it's this and, you know, we'll still hang out and have fun tonight, but like, I'm going to go my own way and you go your own way sort of thing. I've seen race and in, race incidents go this way as well, or maybe not even an incident, but, um, a case where a driver did X that driver Y didn't like and 
driver X is like, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's how I drive. Deal with it. <laughs> so how emotionally invested do you have to be? Because there, there's a, there's gotta be a point where it's just like, like a, dis, a truth seeking discussion coming from different places. You know, where where you're not, it's not so much that I'm invested in the idea that I brought forward, just that both of us have to have ideas if we're going to reach a consensus. Yeah, and disagreement has no interest in consensus. Okay, so that's that's one of the, the hallmarks of it, is that it's, you're, you have your opinion, I have mine, and we're not Period. heading toward a common ground. Yeah, no, nothing else. Okay, gotcha. This, this is mine. That's yours. Cool. Good day. Okay. That's essentially it. Um, and it's, that's fine. Um, especially again, like if we're talking about like personal space or personal objects or ideas, you know, something that doesn't impact anyone else, like it's, well, that's, that's your thing. You know, you can go do with it what you want to. I think you're wrong, but, you know, good luck. <laughs> Have fun. Um, so, yeah, for that, I don't think much is really on the line. Um, and if it is, and it just kind of gets to this point, I think there's just a lack of wanting to, um, I wouldn't say consensus. You just kind of don't want to listen you kind of don't want to learn don't want to see the world through somebody else's eyes through their perception you know well or you don't you don't think that it's necessary like this is not something that needs to be resolved through a difference of opinion right like i can have mine and you can have yours like does my car need stripes i don't know i think my car needs stripes you don't think my car needs stripes. Like I, the world doesn't end if we don't agree with that. It's just the car right. does or doesn't have stripes. Right. Um, and I, th- I think part of what's frustrating at times is that in situations of incident uh, in GLTC or things where, you know, there is a place where we need to move forward, like as a group, like us as individuals can't just like go our separate ways. Let's like, all right, so where do we go from here? I think once you start asking that question, then you are getting out of the realm of just of a simple disagreement. And that's where we start getting into conflict, which is much more difficult. And I think a lot more rare. So conflict. Um, Yeah. So if disagreement, I I was kind of thinking about this. I think if disagreement, if there's one hallmark, it's kind of individualistic. It's I believe this and you believe that. And that's that. That's period, done, end. Um, but conflict, I think, has more to do with we or there's there's some attitude of like an us involved that you just doing your thing and me just doing my thing isn't good enough that there's that the thing that is being discussed has enough of a shared space 
for at least the two of us, if not more, then there, then we need to do better than just a difference of opinions. So a resolution has to be important. Yeah. Because if the resolution's not important, then we can just have a disagreement because it doesn't matter if we resolve it. But if the resolution becomes important to at least one person. Yes. You know, if, if you can have a, you know, a disagreement about what went, something that went down on track, you turned in on me. And right. somebody's like, man, I don't think I did. But if I'm super emotionally, like, like if, if resolution is like, I need to talk to you about the fact that you did something that hurt both of us. Right. Then we're in conflict because you don't either, you don't, you don't think you did it or you don't think it's important that I think that you did it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think so, that's which, a good, which are two different discussions probably. Yeah. And I think that's a good key for conflict too, is it has to be important to at least to probably both people. Right. Um, if it's not important to at least one of you, hopefully both of you, like there's no, like what's the point in trying to resolve? Like, I like crackers without butter. You like crackers with butter. All right. <laughs> it's fine. It's just, it's not important ultimately. Right. Um, but yeah, if if instead, if we're talking about a two-wide situation and you don't think I gave you enough space, um, which forced you to take evasive action and maybe we touched, like that's important to you for sure because you were uh impacted and hopefully it's important to me um in that maybe i don't want to do that again or maybe i need to defend my honor or (laughs) something but it does need to be important to both people yeah I i think you're right about that um but yeah, I, th- I think at the same time, yeah, there's this element of shared space that, um, or common commonality that has to be present. Again, like if okay. we're if we're just talking about crackers, like nobody nobody gives a crap. Like you've got yes, we were you've so got, we were really into cereal before, so yeah, I'll, let's talk about cereal. Like really, <laughs> the fact that I like to soak cereal is not important. Despite the outrage, yeah, but it but it brings like like emotionally, that is upsetting to people because you are taking something that is important to them and you're ruining it. I don't think it's that important to them. <laughs> no, but it but it does it 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 is interesting in the fact that it brings forth it like an actual emotional response. Like people can feel on their tongue that feel of soggy cereal that they don't want. Sure. And, okay, and it, sure. It invokes an emotion. And and that becomes that's why I think the cereal is interesting because it really does like the resolution of it doesn't become important to them necessarily. Like they don't need you to eat crunchy cereal. But they Hopefully, do it's not gonna yeah. happen. Right. But but they do like they have an emotional response. It would make them feel better if you said all right, I'll eat it crunchy. Like then they wouldn't have to like like have that feeling in their mouth like well, every time we talk about this. I think they just don't want me to talk about my weird habits. Uh, 
I don't think my the fact that I actually eat like to eat soft cereal. I don't think that's the problem. I think the fact that I said it out loud is the uh, the, the disturbing part. I don't think you understand how offensive that can be. I think it's overhyped. <laughs> it's way overhyped. Um, but yeah, again, like it, it may make them un, uncomfortable. Right. Your opinion, fine. you holding that opinion and you un, being unwilling to budge on the correctness of that opinion is, uh, because, is off-putting. Because correctness does not give a crap. How you eat your cereal doesn't care. It's not important. Like just like figuring, like coming out to a resolution, like sitting me down for an intervention in how I eat my cereal is not important. No, but if you served cereal to people like that, it would become important. Oh, then they just stop coming. (laughs) <laughs> like if that was a restaurant, I just wouldn't get any business. Well, I'd, no, get, just, I'd get some business if we're being honest. Not, not a lot. I don't, I don't, a lot. I don't know. I mean, we, we'd have to, we'd have to do a deep dive, uh, get that resolved. Um, now I think the other, I think another aspect of the conflict versus disagreement is I think uh, evidence and facts become more important in conflict rather than just opinions correct okay because cereal is not better one way or another factually (laughs) sure factually (laughs) sure it's still food it still has the same ingredients and makeup if it's been sitting there for an hour or if it has like five drops of milk in there. Like it's it's the same. Right. Now, I think where the, the conflict comes in is, again, like we're talking about this um, shared space, this resolution that, or this moving forward point anyway, um, evidence becomes much more important because, again, if we're talking about naive realism, what we think the world is like or how the world should be um, isn't. And so when you have one opinion that I didn't leave you space and I turned down on you and um, which happened in formula one this weekend on and oh yeah, I read about that. Yeah. I didn't actually watch it, but yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think I gave you plenty of space and you should have seen it coming. Um, evidence becomes much more important and facts because if we're talking about these things like your belief in what you think happened and my belief in what think hap- uh, what I thought happened um, all of a sudden like the in-car video becomes pretty important right? Uh, from both cars and hopefully from even the car behind it uh, behind whatever happened matter of taking a look at it from different angles is important because how you move forward, hopefully together, because that's part of conflict is I think, so we're disagreement where two people come together for a moment and then go their separate ways. Okay. 
So we can almost see it like an X. Two things come together in the middle, go their separate ways at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Follow me. And then um, where I would see conflict is more of a Y. Two things start separate, come together, and continue on in kind of a new thing. I love how you assume resolution. That's nice. No, and that's why I said at least like, oh, where do we go from here? <laughs> okay. Um, I don't, yeah. Resolution. I actually took an entire class on conflict and resolution in grad school. It's pretty fascinating. Anyway. You should be able to basically teach this to me through in an hour then. Why are you not doing that? Or Because this isn't about resolution. <laughs> It's about why I think <laughs> if it's conflict, about conflict, it has to be about resolution. Like that's no, like you just you just want to get us like into conflict and not have resolution because that's yes. that's mean. That just leaves us hanging. That's how the world works. <laughs> In my world, we have resolutions, guys. Now that, that I wholeheartedly believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, so and that and this is why I think conflict is much more difficult. Okay, is because you. If you just want to go your own way, uh, your naive realism just remains your naive realism. It doesn't change. It doesn't evolve. It just, it, it kind of waves its flag as it meets other ships and like sails off in another direction, never to be seen by that ship again. Um, where conflict, you know, announces itself. This is what I think. This is what I believe with, uh, somebody else who, again, naively, naively believes something else, but something is important enough or they need to figure out a way to move forward because they're going to be sharing the same track, the same paddock. Um, maybe they're starting on grid in the next race and they just had this thing happen. Like, okay, where do we go from here? We may not need necessarily need to agree and like have all this warm and fuzzies, but it's like we need to figure out what to do from here. And that I think is a lot more rare, has to be important to both people. And um, I think ultimately the desire to want to work together is uh, probably going to be at the heart of it for me. How do you do, deal with the idea that, that if you, I've I've read some stuff that that part of the problem with conflict is that somebody has to be wrong and nobody wants to be wrong. Like if you come into come into a conflict your the the solution is the the problem is emotionally important to two people. So the solution is emotionally important to to two people and it's difficult to have two people come into a conflict where both of them have some willingness to be incorrect. And that's where I would say that that's why I think it is important that the other person be important. Because if yes, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Like if you're coming into conflict prepared for at least the 
possibility of, if not wrongness, of needing to learn something, of needing to realize something, adjust something, like whatever verbiage you want to put there. Um, if you're willing to risk that, which is risky, then the other per- person needs to be important to you. Because otherwise, why do this whole thing with somebody if they're they're not? Does that make sense? Yeah, if you're willing to just to just look at video and go, I did this wrong, you don't need them at all. Right. Which is different than so like learning from your own mistakes is different than two people coming together in in a conflict situation so you like you have to be willing if i'm trying to learn from my own mistakes if i look if i'm like i'm going to look at video of this race because i think i did something wrong then my correct the conflict has already started that other person it's okay and i don't think you necessarily need to have two people involved for there to be conflict because already (laughs) Because already... This is, this is Scott staying yeah. up in his own head, being conflicted with himself. This, this is <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Because already you are conflicted about this situation. And already you have started a conflictual dialogue with yourself in your own head. All right. So good for so you. So is, is the issue that you that you kind of can't self-resolve issues in general because like if i have a problem with somebody on a track like like there wasn't enough room for two cars so we bonked into each other there should have been room enough for two cars because the track is three cars wide Mm -hmm. um and if like if i just want to look at the video and go you made a mistake or i made a mistake then that's all me dealing with stuff. But but if I want to sit down with you and do things, like I don't know what I'm getting at here, but yeah. But there's a difference between learning like like being engaged in conflict, like fundamentally engaged in a in a conflicting situation, a situation that has conflict, and engaging another person in a situation that has conflict. Um, like I'll flip you off in traffic, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to chase you into a parking lot and yell at you. Good, if not <laughs> or, if not worse, but yes, good. <laughs> but yeah. on, but on a racetrack, I do. I maybe do want to sit down with you. Maybe, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I I think that's where more the idea of more evidence comes in or a different perspective would come in because even though you may be looking at your own video and you see something that you realized you learn, uh, could have done that better. I'm actually okay with what I did there, whatever. I think it doesn't like really come to a head until like really move on from that until you can talk to the other person. So maybe the point of the second person in that is that they have the outside evidence. More. They have the outside perspective. 
that that you're seeking in conflict um well that they because, have the other naive realism in this right so they have they have their their own set of information and belief going into it that you're not you're not capable of having a second set of of belief right. unless you engage someone else unless you engage the other party correct so like wanting to go into a conflict with another person is good yes because you are opening yourself up to something outside your own naive realism yes and something that is every bit as fluid as you are but again i think the conditions need to be there i mean it, it's got to be important to you it's ultimately it's gonna need to be important for that other person or people um and that other person or people need to be Im important to you on some level you may not like really get along with them you might not hang out with them or like really want to have much of a conversation with them but they need to be important enough for you to start this conversation with so is that what we're doing like you and i have both had people shut come up to us after incidents mouth. what <laughs> you and i have both had people come up to us after incidents and want to talk to it we've admitted this and, and gone i'm not ready to talk right now yes um is just going on there just a self-realization that that i can't like you can't be important enough to me to for us to have a real conversation right now huh. or yeah i mean what what are we doing in that moment where we we have the realization that we're not I mean, certainly when I did it, it was it was like, I am not capable of being the type of person who's going to have a reasonable conversation with you right now. Like, in, in there's a there's a realization in that moment, right? Like, I'm not going to be the person I want to be if we talk right now. I'm going to be an a-hole, and I don't think either one of us are going to benefit from that. Well, I think that, I think that actually holds the other person in pretty high esteem if you actually do that. Okay. Because what kind of what you're saying is, the kind of person that I would be right now, I don't think that you should be subject to. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I think it still does because it, if you truly didn't care about the other person, like somebody comes up to talk to you about something like, let them have it, you know, get fucked. <laughs> Go, you know, walk, walk your own way. Like this is what happened. You screwed up. You're a jerk. End of story. Walk away. So maybe that provides a different perspective when somebody doesn't want to talk to you right now. Maybe that's, I'm not sure if I've had some, I have had people do that to me in the past, maybe not with racing, but with other things. And maybe like I've misinterpreted that. And maybe like if you do read that as a sign of this, this person has respect for the fact that they don't, they don't want to treat you badly in this moment. Um, I never really thought of it quite like that. Well, and and that that's assuming the person like has that amount of self awareness in that moment. Um, All right. Or even wants to think of it that way. They might not want to think. They might like 
want to try to be being a jerk to you and they're like no i want to show them that i'm mad so i can't talk to you go away that's me being mad but like even that is like far pared down from what it could be right so yeah maybe maybe it's you know the idea is if somebody doesn't want to talk to you and they tell you they don't want to talk to you right now because of what they might say or what they might do i mean there's i think there's there's some awareness to take care of whatever relationship that is. Even if it's for selfish reasons, like I don't want to be the person I want. I am afraid that I would be right now. Or if that is, you don't deserve what I would say to you right now. So let's postpone this. Yeah. But it, it also, it also provides like a, understanding that about yourself provides a a way to to approach a situation to say to another driver when they're coming up to you and and you know you you shouldn't talk right now to sort of have a have a I do want to talk to you but in this moment but but not in this moment yes like like a way to to have them to give them information to to help them understand where you are um, maybe one of those things that that at the track is an important tool for a driver to have. And I um, think, and to be honest, when I used that, I was only able to because I remember having a conversation with you about that. So I almost, <laughs> I, I do think that in situations like that, it's almost good to have practiced something. Even if it's not like a hundred percent accurate in any in any given point, like giving yourself an out for any reason, like maybe what I said wasn't a hundred percent what I felt, but it was close enough that right. it would give me the time to be able which is what I needed. It gives me that time that I needed to figure out what I actually do need. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, like, like we we talk about different things and about about giving trading each other like skill sets through experience, right. such that um, we become better racers and people at the track. And I think we can we can learn from watching each other either do things correctly or incorrectly, yeah. um, such that we repeat the correct things and don't repeat the incorrect things. Um, and. Thomas talked about this, like when he gets out of a car and he's frustrated or in his head about something, like he'll just disappear for like 10 or 15 minutes. Like he'll go off by himself and just be by himself, give him that time, that space that he needs. And like that's tends to not be how I am. <laughs> um, but I think I need to be more like that. So, like, that was one of those, like, little things that I could probably adopt. And not only would it be good for uh, those people around me, um, but it'd probably be good for myself, too. You know? Learning from other people. Yeah. So. How do how do we deal with mediated conflict? Because I think that's a really important thing for, for GLTC, especially because you guys have a, a built-in... Um, you have a built-in judge 
to conflict can have can yes. have but there there's a system in place um for conflict um if drivers cannot and and this is where I think over the seasons, this has been one of the biggest swings that I've seen in incidents is drivers approaching each other first or drivers. I think three different things happen. Drivers can approach other drivers uh, wanting to talk, look at video, talk it out, something like that. That's one. Two would be separately going to the race director and saying this is what happened this is what i think and here's my video card and then race director has to go do research for the other driver and likely other drivers who are behind them to get more video and figure out what actually happened that's two. Third is don't go to the race director, don't talk to the other driver, and grit your teeth and say, well, that person's a jerk or that happened, and, well, I'm just going to do X, Y, or Z next time we're on track around each other, and we'll go from there. I think those are the three ways that, three primary ways that I've seen drivers deal with incidents on track. And I think the biggest changes over the um, season that probably dictate a lot of the culture is how much of each of those is done by different drivers. Because when it started out, it was very much people approaching other people directly and wanting to talk it out. But that's how it started? Like that's GLTC in its first year was very much driver to driver? Yes. Okay. Um, like, here's video. Like, let, let's learn. Let's figure it out. And certainly the race director had to get involved. I mean, that certainly was always a thing. Um, but as GLTC ramped up in population very quickly, uh, drivers don't know each other or are unwilling to go find someone in paddock or even ask where they are in paddock and They'll just either not say anything, which happens more often than I'd prefer, or they simply um, go to the race director with their footage and what they think happened and leave it on the race director and the peer reviews, reviewers, ultimately. Um, But I I think what I'm suggesting in in a very practical way is... You know, again, like if if we go back to the whole naive realism and understanding, or at least like becoming slightly aware of that the things we think we see or the things how we think things should be, um, is not held by all, and that disagreement is not the most helpful way to approach things when something is important and shared with others. I think that's where conflict is very important. And I I mean conflict not in a negative sense, but conflict in where you have two separate naive beliefs, naive meaning that a singular person holds this, this idea of relief, come together 
because it's important to them and because they have to, something has to shift in order for things to move on because it's important to both people and on some level that other person is important to them and that they know that the whatever happens, they need to figure something out together. So, so if we accept, like if, if we, we think we became smarter by listening to this podcast and accepting naive realism, the, can we approach is sort of the ideal to approach a, a conflict going, even if I'm sure I'm right, I can also be sure that I don't have the full picture. Yes. Um, so that I can go into a conflict sure. going, I damn well know he didn't give me enough room. At the same time, knowing that I I can't have seen the whole thing. And or that, why... <clears throat> Or even or why, like why why they didn't enough room like right you may think it was malicious and um, the steering wheel may have fallen off <laughs> like you don't know and they were trying to avoid a duck something that that has happened on track <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um, yeah and that would be the the big picture that we were talking about at the beginning that you can come in believing that a singular fact may be true, but right. that your complete picture of it is not accurate um, or vice versa even. But and yeah. that the, like, like, so we can go into to any conflict knowing that, that be, because it's important to us, we sort of think we know what's going on. Sure. We also go into it knowing that we don't have the whole picture, even though we think we're, we're right. And we have even, to have, or even the facts, like not even like, you know, you, we keep, we don't have about, the facts from the other perspective anyway. Right. Yeah. And even what we think happened may not have actually happened. That's, that's the bitch about memory. Right. Is it's so clouded by emotions and judgment. But, but also we have to have some willingness, no matter how sure we are, we're right to be open to evidence that shows us that we weren't. Yes. Um, so that's, that's how like we take the, your whole concept of naive realism and sort of apply it to crap. Something happened on track and these are the things I need to keep in mind because Scott has a really smart concept that can make me better <laughs> as a, better as a racer because i'm better with conflict because i understand more about myself and the world as i enter the situation like we've talked about the self-awareness before right like sure. the a whole bunch of things where like if we become more aware of ourselves we become better able to deal with the situation at the racetrack and then we can take that outside the racetrack to become better like if we become better at dealing with conflict at the racetrack like this thing happened and I have, like, conflicts at the racetrack are really obvious, right? Like, in general, like, a sure. thing happened, this is a conflict. And they're more subtle in real life. Yes. Um, Can be, certainly. But, yeah, but but when we, when we recognize conflicts in real life, if we can figure out how to recognize conflicts 
and how to deal with them on track, we can maybe recognize conflicts and how to deal with them in real life in a similar vein and become people who are better at conflicts and not just raging a-holes? Well, and I think like talking in the most general sense, conflict is not bad. Just because there is conflict does not mean something has gone wrong. Sometimes, oftentimes, I think, conflict means that two people or parties or multiple people have actually joined together to try to do something new. Well, they're at least seeking a solution, right? Or to be heard. Okay. But even to be heard means that the other person's important to them on some level. Right. Yeah. That they want something to change. Something new needs to happen from here on out. This is relationships. I mean, right. I, I've heard couples brag about that they just don't fight. And I kind of chuckle. It's like, of course you do. <laughs> you just, what what you think of as fighting is just happening underneath the surface. Like it's, of course you have conflict. It's happening right. already. And right. oftentimes, actually, if you don't have conflict, that's actually a bad sign. And, no, I, think I, as, like, and I think as anybody who's been married for any length of time or had a coworker that they've had to work next to for any length of time, like conflict can is deeply uncomfortable, but is vitally important for the growth of any relationship or organization. So my, my story with that um, actually has to do with like, not being aware of conflicts. Um, we've had a number of people because my wife works in an industry that's a, an aging industry has a whole bunch of people that are, and and it has always had a bunch of people that are 20 to 25 years or senior that she's worked with. She's seen a number of her coworkers whose spouses just one day said, that's it, we're done. And they had no idea that the conflict was happening and had been happening for years and years and years. Um, Disagreement what's happening. Yeah, well, well so, that's so it. Going, you, you going had, back, but I understand what you're saying. But the, yeah. the difference between the disagreement, which is right. you do you and I'll do me. Right. That is what happened. And that happened on one side. Exactly. And, and so one party was in conflict and was very emotionally involved in it. And the other person was in disagreement. And I think that is a very, we haven't really talked about that, but I think that's like a really dangerous situation um, yeah, in, and, in and a relationship. Yeah, and that's why I said that in, importance needs to be um, possessed by both parties right if it's not then it's not going to work out and we, well, we and can get a resolution in that some other time because that's vital you know which happens in criminal trials all the time with right, victims yeah. and perpetrators um if the perpetrator is unrepentant of what they did does that mean that the victim can't move on? 
Right. Or even to bring it back to racing when, when Becky was talking <laughs> in the last show about about being in, in events, in situations where somebody was like, well, did you die? And so you had something that was that was That's sort of made light of by one person. Tri- trivialized was, is the word that came to my mind. Yeah. 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 And, and so like it wasn't like that person walked away and it wasn't important to them. Yes. But to the other party, that was very important to them. And so there's no, because one person isn't in conflict, there can't be a resolution and the other person's left hanging. Yep. Yep. So how do you do with that other than just like lay awake at night and think about it? I think definitely uh, <laughs> have to save that for part two. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> um, I think that I mean, I, mean I, I feel like that would be another skill like the, there's a whole skill set around like not doing that to someone right to to recognizing the fact that that something that's not important to you is important to someone else um, such that you don't inflict that you don't you don't put that on someone but also the other side being someone has done that to you how do you move on with your life and not be destroyed by it right um yeah. And that like there's I'm building the box of all the, you know, you've yeah. got two, well, two think, things. There. Yeah, and I think that ultimately would come back to some level of control, which is certainly a different a different topic, but like you can't make somebody do something. Right. Doesn't work. Doesn't happen. Right. You can't make other cars be slower so you can be fast. You only have what limited control you have over the things that you do. And even those you probably don't have as much control over as you think you do. Right. Um, so yeah, putting your energies into the things that you can and are willing to exert some level of control and mastery over, I think are what's important. Gives me a lot to think about as I, as I race and not race and uh, deal with, an endurance team and uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Again, we haven't done this in a while. I miss it. Yeah, me too. And we're even over an hour. Wow, people have had to listen to an hour of this nonsense. Yes. Thank you if you've listened to the end. Good job. Uh, at Track Working Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. We don't really post on Instagram much but there's some pretty pictures there. Uh, track walking chats is the Facebook group. And um, yeah, if you want to rate and review us, do that kind of stuff. It uh, helps other people find us, which can be cool, but we've got a guest next week. So come back and listen. I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. Talk to you then. <laughs>